Welcome to Data Radio. Hi, I'm Tim. Hi, I'm Simon. We're here to serve the data, tech, and digital community. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this episode. Tim, how are you doing? I'm good. And yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, I thought today would be cool to talk about how to go freelance, you know, because I think a lot of people, especially in the digital era, have been eyeing the idea or the thought of uh, entrepreneurship. It's also been the idea of becoming an entrepreneur has also been kind of put on a pedestal. Absolutely. And I think it's, uh, you know, going freelance is uh, one of the fastest ways, in my opinion, to uh, start an entrepreneurial journey. Um, but I think it's important uh, to give people a little bit of context um, because, you know, when people think of entrepreneurship, they always see, uh, they, they always see, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the guys who uh, buy champagne and uh, are on, on yachts and That's... are surrounded by beautiful women and making uh, tons of money. And uh, I think there's a lot of unrealistic expectations floating around on the Absolutely. What entrepreneurship is like. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, going freelance is something we should talk about on Perfect. radio. All right. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, and uh, cool. I think uh, the if, if you want to go freelance, if you want to um, uh, start this entrepreneurial journey, um, you always have to ask yourself, what value can I bring? What value can I deliver for other people? Right? Because a business is never about you. A business should never be just about making money. Of course you have to make money, right? like you got to put gas in the car. Um, But at the end of the day, if you're not providing some kind of value for other people, uh, you're not going to be in business for very long. Yeah. Right. So I think before you go freelance, the first thing you need to uh, really uh, be honest about is, do I have valuable skills? Mm-hmm. All right. Do I have valuable skills? And, um, you know, uh, since we're in the, you know, we're serving the data uh, tech and digital community with our podcast. So, um, you know, in the data and tech space, you know, what valuable skills are certainly anything to do with data, database management, um, master data management, data science, uh, getting, cleaning data, um, and uh, um, creating data-driven solutions, right, for customers. Because uh, I always say, you know, uh, masters of digitalization are masters of their data, Yeah. right? The key to really successfully uh, or being successful in this digital era is really uh, enabling your organization to uh, you know, work with data and integrate it into basically mm-hmm. everything, everything that you're doing, like have data inform every process in your, in your organization from, from, you know, a strategic level down to operations. Absolutely. But I think before, you know, before you kind of get the data, you've got to set up the, you know, the platforms where you can actually um, access the data. So, you know, you need the um, you know, the, you need the infrastructure, right. For your apps to run on, you know, so that you've got it on your, you know, mobiles, you've got it on the web, for example, um, you know, and then supporting those platforms. So, you know, not just the data itself to, to analyze it, but, you know, the guys and the girls, you know, that are actually supporting the, the platforms where the data sits. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like the, yeah. you, you see, the, you see how quickly you can build uh, 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 a value proposition, right? For uh, for a customer, like you, you said a few interesting interesting things. You, you were talking about infrastructure, the architecture, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, then also, you know, the data itself. We were talking about right, and all these things, providing all these services, providing all this infrastructure, that takes skills, right? And companies are willing to pay for that, right? Because there is there is uh, certainly um, uh, demand for these type of services and these type of skills is certainly higher uh, than um, supply currently. Absolutely. Right. So if you're in any of those uh, spaces, if you have any, if you have uh, any uh, any uh, skills in the, in this in these areas that we were talking about, right? That that would qualify you, uh, or that would qualify as a valuable skill, right? Because it's what it's what companies are willing to pay for, right? And um, to also kind of quantify the value of your skills, or you think, uh, well, I, I have skills, you know. If you're thinking I have skills, um, I, I can I can code, I can I can yeah. do websites, I can you know whatever it might be, right? There are tools out there that will help you uh, that that will actually calculate for you uh, the hourly rate. That you can uh, that you can charge for your specific skill set, right? And that will kind of give you an idea. Um, and I hope that uh, we're. That's so I've never I've never I've never come across that actually. You haven't you haven't? No no. I... Okay, it's hourly rate calculators. They're okay, out cool. there. They're out okay. there. Um, I can. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sure you know the freelance pro- uh, fl- freelancer uh, and project platform Goop. Yeah yeah yeah. Right, um, so Goop has a hourly rate calculator, mm-hmm. right? Where they have a huge uh, um, platform uh, or a huge database of uh, of uh, you know freelancers and projects, right? And uh, you, uh, as part of setting up your profile, you can also uh, you can also set your desired hour hourly rate, mm-hmm. okay. right? Uh, and that is that is one data point that goes into um, their hourly rate calculator, right? So if you go to uh, their hourly rate calculator and you can type in literally any skill, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and you can uh, then match it against, you know, what have people been charging for this uh, in the past or currently charging for this type of skill uh, per hour. Okay, right? interesting. And that will give you already a great idea of, uh, you know, uh, is... Are my skills valuable, or and uh, do I have a fighting chance of making any money mm. with my skills as as a freelancer? Right. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a really good you know good point. Just you know, I was thinking there, Simon, when, when you were talking about you know skills being valuable, you know, just to give people an idea of maybe the time frame. You know, how many years you have you have spent on those skills before you go freelance. You know, and I think as a recruiter. You know, what I often see from clients is if they want a freelancer, they want someone to hit the ground running, right? They don't want someone who is going to learn a skill on a job. Mm-hmm. They're hiring an expert. They're paying you more than the permanent employee. So they want to know that you are an expert in skill A, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, you've got to be, you know, you, you can't be, a, you know, you shouldn't really be a freelancer in the first couple of years in that skill because 
I think you're going to, you're almost putting a target on your back that, you know, the client expects you to be up here with a skill and perhaps you're, you know, down here, you're not as advanced as they want to be. So I would say that, you know, you've got, you know, don't go freelancing before you sort of, you know, you've had at least, I would say, three years experience in a role. Um, you know, it used to be a lot more. You used to see freelancers going in after kind of 10 years. But, you know, now I would say, you know, you've got to kind of craft your skills before you then go out onto the, the market as a freelancer. Okay, that's interesting because I have a slightly different take. Okay. Um, because, again, it boils down to your hourly rate, right? Because your the value and, uh, you know, uh, your skill level can also mm -hmm. be um, signaled through your hourly rate. Right? Absolutely. So, uh, and there are clients out there, uh, in my experience, who are willing to maybe pay a little bit less for somebody maybe slightly less experienced yeah. in order to, um, you, may, you know, you know, save a bit of money yeah, yeah. Um, which will which will actually give you your start as a freelancer right uh, so um, I, I, I completely and, and I do have colleagues freelance yeah. colleagues who who've done who've, who've gone down this route right yeah. so instead of charging 100 euros maybe they're charging 70 or 80 euros yeah yeah absolutely hour, uh, and then uh, but then it's understood. Absolutely, but but the but this you know for the just come back to the experience point, they wouldn't be charging seventy euros in their first year of you know the second year of of being a um, you know Java developer, for example. You know that comes with time. They expect you, the client expects you to have you know built some uh, products in a um, you know in a kind of a commercial environment. You know, taken something through to production. Um, you know, seen software you know, development life cycle from beginning to end, you know, so I'm just saying that, you know, you need to craft those skills for a certain amount of time before you then go onto the market. Sure. Sure. Um, at the same time, I think if you're really determined to go freelance, if you're, if you, if you want to, you know, start your entrepreneurial journey in this way, um, I think there are there are ways out there to to start and get that experience uh, without necessarily uh, you know uh, securing one one project for a major client that you know that actually has this expectation that you that you described mm -hmm. um, because there are other platforms out there where you can get experience. Uh, paid experience uh, uh, for smaller projects, like for instance, Upwork or um, what's the other one? Um, I forget. There's a, another freelancer platform. Freelance.de or? No, I'm talking or? about, I'm talking about like, it's, it's more like a platform. Uh, these are platforms uh, where uh, you can get gigs. Fiverr. That's okay. The, that's the, uh, uh, what I'm talking about. So, uh, classic example is logo design, mm -hmm. something like something simple, right? Um, you can uh, somebody somebody is looking for uh, a f so someone who can design a logo, or let's go a little bit more technical. Someone's looking for uh, a freelancer to develop uh, uh, to develop a proof of concept version of an app, mm -hmm. right? Well, 
that's that's that to me sounds like okay maybe here's a here's somebody who uh, who who has a startup idea who has maybe a little bit of money um and uh, doesn't have the money to hire a super expensive freelancer with three or five or ten years of experience yeah right and they're really just looking for someone who is maybe just fresh out of uh, college fresh out of uh uh fresh on the job market or still in college mm -hmm. right okay. still in university uh, who's uh, who's looking to build their portfolio, right? The, these opportunities exist, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about uh, self-awareness at the end of the day, yeah. right? Knowing what your actual skill level is and uh, and building building that profile, building mm -hmm. that um, uh, that experience and um, and building your profile in such a way uh, that gets you paid. Yeah. Right? Uh, because those uh, those paid opportunities exist at almost any skill level if you use these kind of platforms. It's a good point. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I guess I'm I'm taking it from a you know more of a um, a sort of consistent you know good revenue stream for a freelancer to um, you know that they they probably I'm thinking of a freelancer being someone that has. You know, is working in a permanent role. You know, they're used to the money coming in. They're spending that money coming in. They've got they've got bills, and therefore, if they're going to move that, make that move from being a permanent employee to a freelancer, their one concern will be the security. You know, in terms of how do they replicate that same income that they had as a permanent employee, um, and therefore, I'm sort of trying to help with and thinking at it from that. But you're right. There's a great points that you know you you don't necessarily have to take that route. If you make the route, if you make that decision earlier in your career, maybe just finished your studies, for example. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way of using these platforms to um, skill yourself up, um, you know, and build your experience to then take it to the next level of, of clients and, and, and income. Yeah. Right. And often, I mean, if, you've, if, you've, if, you're, if you're transitioning from a permanent role into freelancing, um, it's... It's very likely that you've been that you've been crafting your skills already in that permanent role, and that you exactly. have that experience. I mean, be it not with many different um, uh, projects, or mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. maybe in many different projects, but with the same company, yeah, which, which still gives you that experience, right? So, I think it. I think um, it again boils down to where there's a will, there's a way, right? And that's yeah. also kind of the entrepreneurial spirit that you have to have, right? If you're if you're thinking about you know going into business for yourself, uh, becoming you know a solopreneur, right? Which uh, essentially is a freelancer. Cool. Uh, if you if you don't if if you if you're uh, if you don't have the funds to maybe start a company outright straight away, right? Okay. Um, so valuable skills, I think that's definitely number one. Uh, to 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 even consider it, you have to have valuable skills. Um, and as you as we as we know established, uh, it it is entirely possible at at nearly any skill level to actually monetize those skills, right? And there are tools out there to help you gauge, you know, what's realistic, right? What you can expect uh, to be making. Uh, but another thing that I found really, really helpful going freelance was to actually build relationships with recruiters, right? So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the position, I, I did have a permanent role where I was doing, or permanent roles 
where I was doing the work that I'm doing today um, and crafting my skills, um, building my skills, building my CV through projects that I was doing uh, for different clients, but, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a permanent employee for, for, at uh, first a big consultancy and then an agency, a small mm -hmm. agency. Yeah. Um, and then I transitioned from that into going freelance. Right. And within that agency work that I was doing, I was already getting a lot of contact to recruiters. Right. And it's always been, since then, it's already uh, been valuable or I found it valuable to build, you know, uh, uh, strategic relationships with recruiters. Yeah. Right. Because there are many out there. Right. But That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but, but um, they're not all the same. Not as, not as many good ones as well. <laughs> not as many good ones as well. And I can attest to that. Right. Um, and uh, there, there is, there are, there are quality differences, right? There's a, and I have to now give you a big compliment here. Like you, you're a recruiter who really cares uh, who uh, builds connections with people uh, and uh, uh, likewise on client side, I can imagine you do the same, right? I mean, obviously I don't, I, I haven't, I Thank haven't you. experienced you from the client side. I can, yeah. but uh, speaking from the, uh, from the talent side, I can definitely say, uh, you know, that you're doing it exactly right, right? You're building relationships with the, with the people, with the, with the talent uh, and, um, uh, and you care. Thank you. Right. Uh, because, you know, recruiting is a very sales heavy business. It's a very commission based um, uh, sport, <laughs> Right. And um, uh, sometimes you do feel that people are really just trying to get to make the sale mm -hmm. to to yeah. try to commit you to, to certain rates or uh, and trying to pin you down. Yeah. Uh, and get your commitment. Uh, and sometimes um, uh, don't necessarily have your best interests at heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, could, I, I definitely, you look, I've, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. You know, having worked in, in agencies, you know, I know that pressure is there on the recruiters from, you know, from management and, you know, there's a carrot being dangled, you know, to, to sort of make those, those calls. But um, I think, as you said, I think that's one thing you've got to make a, you know, a choice about, you know, what kind of person you want to be and what kind of recruiter you want to be. And, you know, in terms of trying to add value and making sure that, you know, it, it's somebody's, you know, you're dealing with people and you're dealing with people's hopes and their dreams, you know, and you've got to take that into consideration, make sure that they're a good fit. Otherwise you're not adding any value and, you know, it's not sustainable. So, um, I, I think it, I think it is important, as you said, as a, you know, going back to strategic relationships with, with recruiters is, you know, how I like to work is to get to know people and to get to know their skills so that when a client comes to me and says, Tim, I need skill A, um, you know, I, I have that person in mind, I already have the network, you know, I know that person, I know, I've, I've, I've met them, I've placed them on projects before, I've taken references, I know they're a representation of me. When I put this person in a project with the client, that person is, is as I said, they're, they're working on my behalf. So if they do a good job, then it's my reputation as well that's burnt, right? And the client won't want to work with me again. So that's why I think it's so important to, to have 
a good network of good people and to sort of treat it like this, that, you know, you they ask. are yeah, absolutely, abs absolutely. And, and you've got to look after your clients and you've got to look after your freelancers and work with people that you trust that are going to do a job, good job for you. Because if the freelancer's happy, they'll work with you again. If the client's happy, they'll work with you again. And if somebody's not happy in that chain, then it, it, you've, you've lost them all, right? You, you've burned the client, you've lost the freelancer. It, you know, the money might keep you warm for a bit, but it's not going to keep you warm long-term. Absolutely right. And I can tell you from personal experience, I have blocked people that were obnoxious yeah. and dishonest. Uh, I've made so a, you should. I, I've, I've made, I've made the, there's, there's one experience that really stuck out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to blast anybody. I'm not going to put anybody on blast. Mm -hmm. um, but there was one experience that stuck out um, with a, uh, with a recruiter um, whose manner on the phone was already very, very pushy. Yeah. Uh, was um, then at later stages also, it turns out very dishonest. Uh, and uh, it got to the point where I um, said, I don't want you to represent me anymore. Please, uh, please um, withdraw my profile from consideration. Yeah. Um, because at some point that the same thing goes for, uh, you, like you said, it's my reputation, right? I, as a freelancer, want to trust the person who's representing me with the client Absolutely. that they can represent me to the best of, to the best of their abilities. Right. And also to honestly. show my best side, right. Yeah. Honestly, right. Yeah. To show my best side. And so the recruiter becomes an extension of you. Absolutely. Right? And if I don't trust you as a, in that case, salesperson, right, then I'm not going to trust you with my valuable profile. Exactly. Not gonna exactly. Happen, right. And then I don't want you to represent me in any way, shape or form, because if you are already talking to me like this on the phone, how are you talking with other people on the phone? Or are you just talking to me like this on the phone? And I highly doubt that if you're talking to me like this on the phone, that you are in any way, shape or form different with other people. And if you are, that just goes again to your honesty or lack thereof. Yeah. Right? Well, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the crux for me is the, is the trust was gone. And, the trust and was as, gone. Exactly. And as, as you said, you want people to, to represent you in a, you know, in an honest manner that, that puts you in the best light and, and, you know, that is, is compatible with your values. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I would say the same. I think recruiters are critical to going freelance. They can, they can help you so much. You know, if, when I get roles from clients, as I said, um, you know, for a freelancer, I go to my network first. I go to the people I know and the people I trust. And so exactly. some, some roles, honestly, I won't even, I won't even advertise, right? Because if I know the person, I'm just going to go straight to that person. So you need to have these you know, make these networks with recruiters so that they can bring you these kind of like exclusive roles that they won't even go to the market. They'll go straight to you. So make sure you, you have the right people representing you. Absolutely. And you save yeah. yourself also a lot of time on a, uh, as a freelancer, if you have, you know, these strategic partnerships with recruiters, um, because essentially all, everybody's, everybody uh, uh, on the recruiting scene is competing for the same projects, mm -hmm. right? Um, the, so 
if you have strategic partners within, you know, your recruiters, you don't have to talk to everybody. Exactly. You talk to, you talk to the people you trust because you know that everybody's getting the same projects. Everybody's trying to place the same projects. I get the, I get three different, I, I get, I get three different emails for the same project a day. Right. But I'm going to go with the ones that I trust. I'm going to go with the ones that have placed me before. I'm going to yeah. go with the people um, that I have faith will represent me in an honest, sincere, and competent way. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think I talked way too long about this negative experience, but it just, I just wanted to drive the point home that, you know, there are differences yeah. there yeah. are differences right absolutely got to the point where this person was even calling they were calling me so often yeah. trying to trying to uh turn around i'm sure turn it around. Yeah, you know yeah it got, it got to the they emailed me again I, it got to the point where i was like no i'm not going to give this person any more of my time yeah. block the phone number block the email address it's exactly. done i don't and i think that's that's a that's another um that's another topic for another day but it's so important to set boundaries right yeah uh, and uh, and there's and these boundaries are uh, you should also set these with recruiters right you should have quality standards for the for the recruiters you work with mm -hmm. uh, which will save you time it will save you um, you know it will save you uh, stress Right, you will avoid a lot of stress. You, uh, you, when if you have your key group of people who have your, who always have your current CV, yeah. who always know what you're up to, who always know what where you're currently placed, uh, and who maybe also know if you're gonna um, get uh, get on the market again, who then proactively uh, actually come at you with offers. Right. Absolutely, absolutely, cool. So we got you know valuable skills strategic partnerships with recruiters what else would you say is you know key for you simon when it comes to going freelance um again, well it goes to again uh, or the, it ties into valuable skills a little bit right uh you want to really build your profile right mm -hmm. and you want to showcase your profile yeah um so you want to if at all possible with your skill set create a lot of content around your, the work that you've done or um, uh, the, um, your, uh, or in some way showcase your skills in the content that you create. So let me give you an example. Cool. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're a business intelligence expert, mm -hmm. right? Um, then, uh, so then you're typically connecting to data, you're building ETL pipelines, you're building dashboards, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that uh, that help or that uh, guide decision making, or help manage some kind of uh, some kind of operation. Well, you have a lot of things that you can share there, right? You can share a blog article about, you know, one project that you've been working on, where you built. You know where you connected to data. You built ETL pipelines. You uh, uh, built a dashboard, mm -hmm. and there you have the blog article. You have maybe even the tool that you um, 
built the pipelines in because there's a lot of you know uh, there's a lot of user friendly tools these days that help you build uh, these uh, type of pipelines where you don't even necessarily need to know how to code right um, where you could simply share a screenshot of what the pipeline looks like um, you can share uh, actually uh, in the public publicly available versions of uh, the, uh, tools like Tableau, you can share on Tableau public your dashboards that you've built. Okay. Yeah. Right? Uh, and in combination with a blog article mm -hmm. uh, that kind of explains what you did, why you did certain things, right? You have, you have, you know, you have, you have content for your blog, you have content for your public profile for Tableau public, for instance, where you showcase some cool dashboards that you built. And, you know, this doesn't necessarily have to be work that you did for clients. It can be if you have the, if you're allowed to publish certain things, uh, but mostly your client work is probably going to be confidential. But if you're really into your craft, you're, you're creating, you're creating all the time. Mm. Right? Uh, and you'll um, most likely uh, have assets that you can share cool. uh, in this in this way. So I would I would create a lot of content around what you do, uh, and share as much as possible as you can. That showcases really your your deep technical skills, yeah. uh, and um, uh, which you can then use to also kind of advertise uh, your skills and uh, and close deals ultimately. Yeah. Right. Where would you share it, Simon? Where, where do you think the best platforms are as a freelancer to share this content? Um, well, one hundred percent, I would say LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn is uh, is uh, is great uh, for sharing this Agreed. type of content. Uh, you get a lot of great f reach on LinkedIn, free reach for simply. Well, you're always paying somehow, right? <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, uh, signing up for LinkedIn is is free, right? And you get a lot of reach. Um, because you know, you can see really first, second, third order connections. Uh, and uh, if you if you really figure out the hashtag game, if yeah. you know which hashtags are relevant for your type of clients, exactly. um, then you can really position your content on LinkedIn in such a way that gets a lot of views. Uh, and, um, and that's why I would say LinkedIn is definitely somewhere you should you should share uh, what you do. Uh, but then again, you know everybody like like I said, Tableau. Is a, is, a, is a dashboarding self-service analytics tool, mm -hmm. um, business intelligence tool, uh, uh, which lets you build dashboards among other things uh, and uh, ETL pipelines, right? Uh, in their, uh, uh, they have Tableau uh, desktop, they have Tableau prep, right? Where you uh, build these, uh, these ETL pipelines that I was talking about um, and you can share uh, that work on Tableau Public. Uh, you can share um, if you're uh, if you are um, active in Germany as a freelancer. We also have a professional network, Xing. Yep. Um, which you know a lot of people do still use, um, but you know LinkedIn I think is a, is a more uh, internationally known. Yeah, and used. I think it's more. I think it's more creative as well, right? I mean, okay. I actually went to. I went to. I use a lot of LinkedIn, like you, Simon, mm -hmm. for for content. And LinkedIn, I can post videos. On Zing, I can't. Right, or it's harder right. to. You know, so it, it's just a little bit more kind of. You know, sort of. It's not as 
advanced or progressive really so yeah yeah i, I mean i don't want to bash anybody but uh, they they really have uh, they really uh, in comparison to linkedin it doesn't compare yeah. to, to my mind um uh, the like LinkedIn for me is really a one-stop shop for anything around professional content. Yeah. Right. Um, I would, I would of course, you know, try to build your own blog, right. Mm -hmm. right? Build your own blog for sure. So nothing goes over your, your own website, right. That, uh, and your own email list. Um, but definitely uh, use LinkedIn. To 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 uh, to really get the word out there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think one other piece of advice that I I found from my experience was about the you know not being deterred by the reaction to your content on LinkedIn as well. You know to, right. that it's not it's not about how many likes you get for no. your content. You know it's not if you want to be funny then you're going to get more likes. But you know if you're selling professional kind of B two B almost right. You know, with your skills, it's about the audience who looks at it, you know, look at who's actually viewing your content. You know, exactly. is it the, you know, the, for BI, for example, is it the kind of the heads of BI, you know, the, the, um, you know, the sort of the decision makers rather than the, the kind of, you know, your friends or the salespeople, this isn't, that's not our audience. So don't worry about it. You know, there's a lot of lurkers on LinkedIn, people that they just consume the content. They consume without necessarily interacting. Exactly. Yeah. So don't think that, oh, it wasn't effective. You don't know that until you might get an email next week, you know, a message on LinkedIn from the head of data and analytics saying, hey, here's a project. Are you interested? Exactly. Like, yeah. uh, don't hold back the value that you are able to give Um because you're not getting, you feel like the credit that yeah. you deserve uh, in forms of likes or comments, right? Don't hold back the value you can give because the people do see it. Yeah. Uh, you do like LinkedIn provides a lot of great analytics. Like you said, you see exactly who's seeing your content, right? And if your content is being seen by exactly the decision makers that you're talking about, then that is, uh, that is extremely valuable, right? And ultimately, I, I feel like for, for myself, at least when I'm creating something, I, I really think about what, what, uh, you know, the content that I want to create. And, I, and uh, uh, for it's, uh, um, it's the, the creation process for me is valuable. Like it's valuable for me to do it as well, because like uh, I'm, I'm in, in, in some cases I'm, I'm either practicing my craft by creating the content or I'm reflecting on what I've done yeah. and, um, and uh, drawing conclusions. Uh, and uh, this process of just uh, externalizing this knowledge that I've built through experience, right? By, by putting out that content, be it a blog post, be it a video where I talk about something or be it uh, uh, um, uh, a cheat sheet that I put together uh, or um, a checklist for what to keep in mind when, uh, you know, considering your next business intelligence initiative, right? Whatever it may be, it's valuable for me to create it. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and uh, if I put a lot of value in it when I create it, 
then I can be sure that it, it, in some way, shape or form, it's going to be valuable for someone who consumes it. Yeah. 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 We have okay. some reaction down there. <laughs> I don't know if it's being picked up by the mic, <laughs> but I think oh, my son oh, agrees. <laughs> oh, good. It's, it's real life, Simon. This is real this life. Is, this is real life. <laughs> this is who we are. <laughs> um, really good. Some really good points about, um, you know, the, the content and, you know, some of the platforms to use, you know, what I also thought might be useful, Simon, is, you know, what, what I sort of admire from the, what, what you do and, and how you put out content is the importance you put on like your character and a brand, mm. right. Um, you know, in the, when you sort of submit this, you know, you've created a, you know, the, you know, brands around your skills, you know, the data warrior, yes. you know, and, and, and values for that. And that, kind of shows me as a recruiter and also clients that, you know, we know who we're getting as well. It's not just, you know, this freelancer has the skills to do the job, but, you know, you're very clear on the your message and the way you deliver it shows us that you're working with, you know, openness, integrity, you know, courage, respect, you know, it that also shines through. So it, it reassures people that they're getting skills, but they're, he's meeting the values as well. I can rely on this person. Oh, thank you. For, first of all, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, and that's so, that's very important to me uh, indeed, because I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, we're human uh, and um, uh, no matter how technical everything gets and how technically um, versed you are, how, uh, how competent you are uh, in your, in your skills, I think, I think it's so important that you're also, uh, you know, that you're also able to communicate on a human level uh, and, uh, and also convince people uh, on a, hu on a, yeah, uh, that, that it makes sense to work together with you yeah. because of who you are, yeah. right? Because of what you bring to the table uh, in addition to your skills, right? Because you're, because you're a, a character, a brand, yeah. right? Because ultimately the brand uh, is uh, advertising your character. Yeah. Right. Um, and if your character and your brand don't match, that's going to come out at some point. Right. Mm. So the, the truth will always, will always come out. Right. Absolutely. Um, but so I think this is, I think this is something, you know, from a recruiter perspective, I have to be honest, it is something that I find it's very new. Um, it's, it's not something I find very, very often. It's, I think it's a great idea and really refreshing. And that's why I think I would stress you know, the importance of it and how useful it is. So, um, definitely like yeah. I, I was surprised, like, I mean, obviously like I, I mean, you know, my current status of my, uh, of my website and you know, mm -hmm. that I'm doing it all myself and, uh, that it's taking some time, uh, sure. you know, um, but at the same time, I think it's so important, you know, to, to, to have your own website as a freelancer, to have your own, uh, uh, you know, your blog to have, um, to have a brand, even as a freelancer, uh, and that it's, you know, like maybe to tie into, a, to maybe another important point, right? You, you, of course you have to have your CV up to date, mm -hmm. right? And you should be on LinkedIn, on Xing, on freelancer platforms, like Goop, like, um, Freelance DE, Freelance DE, like Freelancer uh, Map, Freelancer yep. Map all of these platforms, you should be on them, right? And your CV should be up to date on them, 
right? And it's very important to keep your CV fresh, up to date with the relevant keywords uh, that correspond to, you know, your skills, but also to what your clients are looking for, right? Uh, and your, you know, your experience that, that, that really showcase your experience. But to, to really sell, I think it's crucial to have a brand, yeah. to have a, to, to th th a brand that's, that, that speaks for your character, Right. That's that's the the uh, uh, yeah. This I was surprised when uh, when I, I first heard that you know um, a recruiter the other day just told me like yeah it's uh, uh, I I, t I told him the same thing I said I know my website isn't up to date he said he's like and he was like. Uh, yeah, but at least you have a website because m uh, most freelancers don't have a website. And I was like, yeah. what? Like, I, I couldn't, I almost couldn't believe it. Uh, he's like, yeah, they have a profile maybe on freelance, uh, but they don't have a website or, uh, you know, I was like, hmm, okay. Like, uh, but that's actually a great asset to have, you know, it's, exactly. it's the central point where you can, that you control where you can where you can really showcase everything you've done where you can uh, where you can publicize your offering right it's so important to have that right and yeah. and it will work even better if you connect it to a strong brand agreed right? yeah and the brand has to match your character right because ultimately like i said the truth does come out <laughs> yeah so cool okay yeah. well thanks for thanks for sharing that Simon. so so Absolutely. to recap recap then you know you want to sort of just summarize? Yeah, the... maybe I think uh, this would be a good point to wrap it up. Um, so um, I, what we talked about going freelance, right? And, and what it takes to, to make it successful, right? To, um, to really start this entrepreneurial journey as a solopreneur. Um, and what you definitely need is valuable skills. We talked about valuable skills, how you can gauge your skills, all the different tools that are available to help you um, uh, to help you market yourself in terms of uh, finding projects, knowing how to price your, your skills. Uh, and um, then in that context, we started talking about also how important uh, working together with competent recruiters is, how important it is to work with recruiters and uh, vice versa also for recruiters to work with freelancers who they trust, mm -hmm. who... Um, uh, Work with recruiters who are honest, who uh, are uh, not only focused on on selling, making the deal, but actually connecting a client with somebody who has skills, great skills, and is a good person that they can trust. Right? Um, then we talked about uh, how important it is to build your profile, right, and to keep it keep it up to date, and how to how to do that through content. Um, we talked about, you know, it's important to build your CV. Yes. Put it out there on all the socials, uh, LinkedIn yep. thing, freelancer map. Uh, la last but not least, it's important to um, build a brand around you, your character and your services, yep. right? Because that's something that you can actually sell, right? Absolutely. You can sell, you can sell yourself much better if you are, if you are, uh, a brand and uh, 
your brand needs to be connected to your, your person, your character, right? Because ultimately your character, your integrity, your values um, uh, are part of the package. And it's what's going to uh, convince clients to keep doing business with you. Cool. Well, thank you. I think that about wraps uh, up the episode for today. Data Radio, everywhere you get your podcasts. Tim, always a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure was mine. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Take See care. You bye. next time.